The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. <clears throat> Today, we're talking about weaving our passions into our present. I don't know about you, but I am a closet writer wannabe, and I suspect I'm not alone. In fact, uh, quite a number of nurses have written to me about books they have written, fiction, nonfiction, self-help, help for patients, mysteries, and more. Melissa Mills is my guest today, and she is a freelance healthcare underwriter, which basically means she can write pretty much anything that interests her and sell it to whomever she thinks, uh, whoever thinks it will interest people in healthcare. What a job! <laughs> so I'm going to give a hearty welcome to my guest, Melissa Mills, who is an RN. In addition to writing, she's an editor and public speaker from Cincinnati, Ohio. Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you become a nurse, and how did you get into writing? Sure. Hi. So I have been a nurse for 20 years. I graduated in 1998. Um, Went into nursing, you know, Writing was always a passion. Um, Even as a kid, I remember, you know, writing poetry and writing short stories. And um, I considered doing, you know, something like journalism or those sort of things when I was in school, but um, was encouraged um, by others to really, I was always kind of a person who liked to nurture others and take care of others. And so I um, started looking at nursing and kind of put that, you know, sometimes we are, are we think that we can't do our passion as our, our career, and so you go into something that you know you can make money at. And so nursing at that time was something that I knew I could do, and so I went to nursing school and started, I graduated in 98 and went into, originally into an oncology um, medical oncology floor, and then from there with adults, and then from there um, ended up in the neonatal intensive care unit. That was quite a big shift. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really was. And I spent um, about five years in pediatrics and then went into home care and hospice, and that's where um, I kind of found my passion and stayed um, for many years, went into some leadership positions. So I have pretty much in that home care, I've been everything from a staff nurse all the way up to a director of nursing. Um, and then decided I wanted to try something different and went into a workers' compensation position as a manager, and it just was not the right fit. And I found myself very unhappy um, with my career choice at the time. And started really thinking again about what I wanted to do and what was a passion. And started doing some research to see if there were any opportunities to 
right, but with that healthcare emphasis. And sure enough, there were. And so that was about a year and a half ago. Um, so I slowly started um, decreasing my regular nursing job um, to less and less hours, um, took a quality assurance position in a home care um, agency, and I do that from home um, part-time, and then I write. So I write for um, some nursing websites. I write for some websites that um, they work with doctor's offices. So I write for doctor's offices. I write for anyone who will let me write for them. <laughs> In that, so what kinds know, of things do you write for doctor's offices? What do you write for doctor's I, offices? So, um, you know, when you look for things online or you go to your doctor's office, you might notice that many um, physicians have blogs these days. Okay. Um, And so I work for a company um, that they do the content for physicians' offices. So I will get various topics. So I might write something about um, blood pressure. I might write something about, um, you know, foods to avoid if you have gout or just various topics. Okay. So So they give you the topic or you just take a topic and they say, yeah, we're interested in that? So I have a couple of clients that um, they give me a title, and I just write something to fit that title. And then Mm -hmm. I have um, one client that I actually send them four or five topics every month and say, which ones do you like? And then they pick four, um, and then I I write those. So I do it a little different um, with different clients, whatever works Mm -hmm. best for them. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't even thought about the blog kind of thing. I was thinking about in their office, uh, you know, maybe pamphlets or things like that. So um, you uh, had given me a list of things that you have uh, written about. And one of them was that healthcare companies really do need professional medical writers. So tell me, tell us more about that. Um, I, I guess that this would be some of the things um, are there other types of medical writing that maybe you don't do, but other people do? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you think of writing, um, it's anything from, like you said, you know, it can be pamphlets, brochures. It can be um, the information that goes on websites. Sometimes doctors or, or different healthcare organizations will just need their website um, copy to be written or to be updated. Um, blogs, you have white papers. Um, you know, if you like that more technical writing, you can write white papers. You can do um, textbooks. So there's all different kinds of writing. And, you know, I have become um, involved in a couple of different groups. And so you start to meet people who do different types of writing. Um, And, you know, everybody kind of has their own niche, you know, where you get into something that is, is enjoyable for you and maybe not always easy, but definitely something that you're comfortable with. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I really enjoy writing things that I know are going to help a patient, something that a patient can read that gives them, you know, quick information that maybe I've taken a complex topic but put it into something that's very easy for a patient to read and know if 
hey, I can try this, or maybe I do need to call my doctor. Um, so some of those things, that's what I enjoy. But yes, there's definitely all different types of writing that you can get into. So really, somebody could keep their day job or evenings or nights and um, still do some of this writing. How would they get started? Sure, absolutely. Um, they're actually most of the the other writers that I know, there's only a handful of people that do it full-time. Many people um, continue to work in the hospital or, you know, like I do, where I do um, a quality assurance position and it's just um, part-time. But, yeah, you can definitely start to connect with different publications. Um, probably the first thing to do is just jot down five or six topics that you really like to write about. Um, and it doesn't all have to be healthcare. That's the other great thing. So, you know, I enjoy healthcare topics. I enjoy nursing topics, but I also enjoy writing about um, women in their 40s because that's where I am. And I enjoy mm-hmm. writing about um, women and how they connect with business. And um, so that's been something that I've been able to find those types of opportunities, too. So I would say write down five or six topics that you um, really connect with and write down some of the um, the sites that you like to go on and read and mm-hmm. then just start connecting with those people. You know, send some emails, figure out who the editor is, um, I always read All Nurses, and that was that's one of the ones that I write for quite frequently. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm always on here. I'm always reading. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to send an email and say, hey, are you looking for writers? And sure enough, mm-hmm. they were, and I've been doing that for a year and a half now. So that's allnurses.com? So yes, allnurses.com. Yeah. And I think... You know, the biggest thing or the first thing to do is just put yourself out there. And a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm not a very good writer or I don't know what I would write about. You know, as nurses, Mm -hmm. we have so much information um, that we kind of sometimes don't even think about all of the things that we could write about. So write down this couple of topics and then just put yourself out there and connect with people. Um, You'd be surprised how many people are looking for writers. You know, and you think about it, even just the things we teach every day, you know, we assume everybody knows that, but (laughs) excuse me, there's a reason that we're teaching it to patients every day, all day long. Uh, They don't know those things. So talk a little bit about, um, we we had the title was um, Weaving Our Passions into Our Present, and that kind of runs into nurse entrepreneurship. How... um, I guess maybe you did say a little bit about that, um, thinking about sort of what you're passionate about or what you like to do. Right. Uh, Have you uh, talked with other people that have gone in other directions other than writing and found some some dream by some happenstance that they came upon it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting – when you start, like for me, when I started writing, I've been connected with a lot of other people. And so you do start to hear their stories. And um, I actually just did an interview with two um, subject matter experts and just nurse influencers, um, Donna Cardillo and um, Renee Thompson. And so, you know, when you 
get the chance to connect with people and hear their story, it's, it's so interesting how we all, um, you know, some people I think want to go away from the bedside and so you start looking for those types of um, career choices and then other people it just kind of happens. Um, for me, I wanted to be away from the bedside. Um, I went back to school to get, um, well, actually, I originally got an associate's degree, and then in 2012, I got my bachelor's, and then I went back and got my master's um, of healthcare administration. And, you know, when I was going through that program, it was very writing-intensive, and it kind of spurred that passion in me that, you know, I was one of the very few students that really looked forward to doing a capstone. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of people were like, oh, that's, you know, that's awful yeah. to have to write, you know, 30, 40 pages. But I, there's just something about the written word that I really connect with. It just resonates mm-hmm. deep in my soul. And so, you know, when I was finished with school, I went, you know, continued my job and just was not happy. And so, just really sitting down and thinking about what is it that I'm passionate about and how do I align those two things. And I think the other thing that kind of it was a perfect storm for me is that I also was turning 40 and getting a little bit more mm. confident in who I am um, as a woman, and I just wanted to do something that made me happy every day. Um, and that's really when I started looking for something that I was more passionate about. Um, and yeah. allnurses.com is um, where I got my first job. You know, my okay. first, somebody's actually going to pay me for something that I've written. Um, and then from there, once I had um, a portfolio and I had a couple of articles that I could send to um, other companies, and I could say, you know, hey, I'm interested in writing about this. Here's a sample of my writing. Then I was able to start getting other jobs. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that works. And then, as <clears throat> excuse me, as you're showing up on the web, people start contacting you. Um, it's interesting you met, mentioned Donna Cardillo. Um, she was my third uh, guest that I had on a uh-huh. year ago. And uh, she had a book that she was um, promoting at that time, and I believe it was uh, uh, Falling Together, uh-huh. which was yeah. fascinating to me because, and I'm sure it was something that was an experience for a lot of people. Uh, I just felt like she was writing my story. Uh, right. It just so resonated with me. And, um, uh, yeah, just that whole concept of how, you, you come upon somebody in a strange way and there's just some kind of connection and <clears throat> something that makes you feel like, yeah, this is inspiring to me and I think I can do this too. So kind of keeping your ears open and seeing what gets you uh, excited. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you had mentioned also uh, thinking about five different things that you are interested in. Um, that's something I, when I was doing career development, I used to tell people to carry a little pocket book, pocket notebook with them and just pull it out anytime they'd see like a, a billboard or, you know, drive past a store or anything that got them excited, you know, it could be cookies on a billboard or something, you know, whatever it was. Right. And just, uh, you know, jot down that name and try and get to 100. And out of 100, just 
you know, phrases or words or something, a couple of those uh, could possibly be turned into something. And um, many times before they got anywhere near 100, they would come up with something that seemed to make sense to them. We're coming up against a break, so let's go ahead and take it here now. So we are on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. If you're just... Uh, checking in with us. I'm Leanne Meyer, your host, and I'm here with Melissa Mills. And we're talking about weaving our passions into our present. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900%, and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. 
You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Oh, hi. This is Leanne Meyer. I, my brain went off in another direction. Uh, yes, welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And I'm here today. We're talking about weaving our passions into our present. And I'm here with Melissa Mills, who is a writer as well as a nurse. And we were just talking about following passions and and dreams. And in her case, it took her to writing. Um, I've had lots of entrepreneurs on here that have taken us in other directions. One of the things I was just asking uh, Melissa was, uh, you've gotten this thing written and you found somebody who's willing to uh, produce it for you or print it for you or whatever. How do you decide how much you should be charging for it? You know, in the beginning, I think you're so excited just to have something published um, <laughs> that, yeah. you know, we kind of settle. And, you know, it's like anything else. You start out a little lower. Um, usually, most of the time, it is a per word um, rate oh. that you have, and you can set your rate wherever you kind of want to be. Um, you know, a lot of times, like I said in the beginning, you might be getting 10 cents a word or, um, you know, 12 cents a word. And then as you are working more often and you have a portfolio build up, then you can, um, you can slowly increase those rates. I think as a writer and really as a nurse, um, it's important that you connect with other people who can help guide you with that. So one of the first mm-hmm. things I did is I found a coach who also was a writer, um, and then she connected me to the Healthcare Marketing Network, and this mm-hmm. is a network of nurses who um, were all writers, and so we all kind of support one another, and I have a couple of of um, really good friends within the healthcare marketing network that I can talk to and say, hey, I have this potential client. This is the type of work. Um, what do you think is a fair rate? And so, you know, it's it's not always set in stone. Um, it's, you know, you kind of have to work with, with people. I like to... I like to build long-term relationships so I know that I'm getting that work month after month rather than just doing one article and then I may never work with that client again. So your rates can vary because of that too. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, in the beginning, you're just so excited that, hey, somebody's Mm -hmm. actually interested in my writing. you, you And you can even get started simply by doing a couple of free blogs just so that you have something out there that you can send to someone and saying, hey, this was published. Yeah, that's a good idea. So if they were entrepreneurs in other areas, there's probably similar types of either coaching and or uh, groups that they could connect with. Um, I'm curious, because you're doing most of your writing is around nurses, and and particularly I found you on allnurses.com myself, and you had written about uh, the Z generation, Z-E-E, 
And that was kind of fascinating to me. And then I got caught up into all of the discussion that was coming from the other nurses. And so that was really interesting to me. So how do you kind of get or or do you feel like you have a sense of the pulse of the nation's nurses? And what is is it that they want to talk about? And and, um, kind of how do you feel like you get those big topics or stay abreast of the issues? Sure. So it's interesting because on all nurses, you know, some with some clients, they may give you specific topics or specific titles that you have to um, write about. And with all nurses, you have a little bit more um, leeway with coming up with those topics. And so I spend a lot of time reading. You know, if you talk to anybody who writes a lot, they probably read quite a bit as well. And so I want to look at some of the other um nursing websites that are out there. I like to follow a lot of the journals. I'm also a professor um, at the University of Cincinnati, so I can, you know, look at some of the newest journal articles and, you know, kind of see what's going on in the world. Um, And I think any time that it is, I personally like to go for those polarized topics because Mm -hmm. I know that it's going to spur conversation. And I am a firm believer that, if somebody maybe has a different point of view from you, that's probably where you're going to really start to stretch and grow and think about, you know, maybe you need to change your mind a little bit or maybe you are very comfortable with where you are. So a lot of times I like to do those more controversial um, topics. I did the one on... um, Generation Z, and you're right, that one had a lot of um, conversation between the nurses there on allnurses.com. I think because when you start thinking about how we treat one another, sometimes people get very passionate about there being an issue between nurses, and then sometimes people get very passionate that there's not an issue um, between how nurses treat one another. Talk a little bit about that, kind of what you put out there on that uh, topic, and then what kinds of things you got back. Sure. So I really just um, wanted to kind of talk about, you know, we heard a lot about the millennials, um, and we have this new generation that is um, just starting to go into college and starting into the workforce. And so it's Generation Z. Um, I have three children in this generation. So it was something that, you know, fascinates me um, to watch them and see them grow. And so I did an article about um, them going into nursing and choosing nursing because many of them are um, choosing nursing as a profession. Some of the things that um, were in that article that is kind of, you know, a couple of the journal articles that I read was that this generation is changing nursing school a little bit because they don't necessarily, they're not used to sitting and listening to four-hour-long lectures like you know, maybe <laughs> you or I did. They want things to be interactive. They're on technology. They, you know, want to be able to just look things up very quickly on their phone. Um, so just really talking about the difference in that generation, even compared to the millennials, which, you know, even five or ten years ago, we thought, oh, the, the millennials are so tech savvy and this new generation is even more so. So it was interesting because some people agreed with 
some of the things that were in the article, and then other people disagreed (laughs) with Mm -hmm. things that were in the article. And, you know, I think as a writer, you have to have kind of thick skin. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't take any of that personally, because to me, again, if somebody is very passionate about something, they're going to, to, you know, maybe maybe, um, write um, a response that is very passionate in the opposite direction of what I wrote, but it's them thinking about it. And so anytime we spur those conversations, to me, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Do you remember any of the kind of um, points that were made one way or another? I was trying to remember them myself, and, and I'm not thinking of it right now. Yeah, I think um, some of the things was, you know, just about the use of technology. I know there was a I found an article that said something about the um, attention span of this new generation, and many people come forward and said, I think it was like an eight-second attention span or something. It was just incredibly small, and many people were, you know, debating if that was true Mm -hmm. um, or if that's a safety concern, you know, a nurse with a very short attention span. Um, and I think, you know, anytime that you research something and you start, you know, I put a lot of research into my articles and I want to have things be evidence-based, but we all know that you can use research to support many different, <laughs> many right. different topics. In fact, the same um, research to support different points of view. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, a lot of times, and because All Nurses is a community where people can, you know, respond to the articles and and give their opinion, it really gets some of that conversation going, especially when you use that research to support one argument versus another. Mm -hmm. Another thing that um, came through I was surprised at is, uh, that with some of those that had very passionate responses to, uh, also there was a, a lowering of professional level. That surprised me because I felt like, um, you know, that nurses would be responding to each other maybe more like doctors. Even when they weren't agreeing with somebody, they tend to, it, especially in writing, because uh, that mm-hmm. is going to come back and <clears throat> haunt them later that they would right. tend to keep it more in a in an uplifted or, or professional manner. But some of them definitely were not, and, and that surprised me. Yeah, you know, I think you can, you know, just like when you worked on the floor and some people were very professional and some people weren't, and I think it's, mm-hmm. it's very much the same. I think, too, when you enjoy um, writing and you enjoy the written language so much, you realize how quickly one sentence, just one or two words can change how someone will read it and how right. they interpret it. And I think if you aren't very savvy with that, you can maybe put some things out there that come across differently than if you were having a conversation with someone face-to-face. It may not have come across um, quite so yeah. or abruptly. <laughs> Another uh, story that I had seen out there was the one on uh, myth or truth, the story behind the nursing shortage. Uh, That was surprising, too, because um, I thought that was a given. I mean, with 4,000 nurses leaving to retire uh, Mm -hmm. every day, I've been hearing across the 
<clears throat> across the country that that seemed like a foregone conclusion that there is a nursing shortage, but there seemed to be a lot of discussion about that. And I think a lot of it comes down to that if you don't have that um, experience locally where you are, then a lot of people kind of believe that, oh, that's, that's not true because I can't find a job in my particular um, part of the country. But, you know, if you do some research on the nursing shortage, it is very much in pockets across the country. I think if you look at it overall, we are um, definitely still have a deficit and are moving in more to a deficit of not having enough nurses. But in some parts of the country, um, I know in Ohio, where I live, we don't necessarily have a nursing shortage right now. Um, but a lot of people aren't in a situation where they can just say, well, I can't find a job in Ohio, so I'm going to move to California or, you know, mm-hmm. across the country in the other direction. So I think a lot of it is we know our truth, and so our truth becomes, you know, well, there's not a shortage here, so there shouldn't be a shortage anywhere else. But I think if you do some <laughs> right. research, there's, there's shortages in different areas um, and different states, and some states are actually um, have an excess of nurses, and then there's other Mm -hmm. states that have a shortage. Yeah, I live in Minnesota, and traditionally, Minnesota has supplied the country with nurses. We have quite a Mm -hmm. few nursing schools, and we're well-known for those nursing schools. So when I graduated from nursing school, we were in one of those situations where you couldn't buy a job in Minnesota. And so my friend and I went to really the whole central part of the United States looking for a job. And what we heard from just about everybody was come back when you have two years of experience. Well, great, where are you going to get it? And uh, so we we did finally get hired at St. Joseph's Hospital in Denver. And the reason we were hired was because uh, the director of nursing there had been a, a diploma nurse originally. So the majority of our our group coming in were BSN nurses, but my friend and I were diploma nurses. And uh, she hired us for that specific reason, because she knew the training that we had, we would be able to take off running immediately. And she literally put us on nights, each alone with one aide, um, to literally run that entire unit just ourselves. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, now when I think back on it, I think that was pretty crazy. (laughs) But at the time, you don't think much of it. Well, of course, I can, you know, handle this. Why, why would I not be able to? Um, Yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of, uh, uh, but what I realized in that time period is that you can think of uh, there being a glut of nurses as, as being, this is not a good thing for me. Or you can think of it as, wow, this is great. You know, gives me an opportunity to move out into the world and do something I might never have done had, um, had I had an opportunity right there in my, you know, the hospital that, um, that I had graduated from. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same way now where you can perhaps, uh, you know, get into an area that you might not have uh, been able to get into before because somebody might be very willing to train you in that exact area that you're interested in that perhaps you might not have been able to get into before. But it does often require moving. 
Right. So those are important things. So I'm guessing you brought up uh, research a lot, and I'm not a research person at all, so I'm guessing you probably have that as a build-in, that you hear something, get curious, and want to go online and figure it out. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of started, you know, when I worked at um, the pediatric hospital here in Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Children's, um, I did research there. And so I was a research coordinator for about four years there. And that kind of, you know, has just been one of those skills that I've always held on to and I enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, anytime that there's something that I'm like, oh, that would be an interesting topic or, you know, what about this particular disease process or whatever it is, I do a lot of research and I enjoy that. That's really great because I know <clears throat> a lot of us, that isn't the the best area for us, so it's really great to have people that can do that and enjoy it. We're going to go to break here again. Um, okay. We have been talking to Melissa Mills, and we're talking about weaving our passions into our present here on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer. If you're just checking in with us, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. 
To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. So this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. If you're just joining us, I'm Leanne Meyer. And this uh, we are talking today to Melissa Mills. And our subject today is weaving our passions into our present. Uh, Melissa is a writer. We've been talking about that, but also other areas of entrepreneurial uh, work that nurses are getting into. Um, one of the things I have been thinking a lot about, and it seems to be at the forefront of um, the news these days, is the differences between men and women. And I'm always wondering whether uh, nurses are just kind of a certain way and maybe the differences uh, between men and women in nursing don't <clears throat> aren't uh, as visible as in the uh, the other areas of society. So I noticed that <clears throat> Melissa, you had written uh, an article on exploring the gender pay gap for nurses. What can you tell us about that? So um, every year, allnurses.com actually does their own um, survey and. So I was asked to kind of look at their information, and then I also did some research, um, as I like to do that, to look at, um, you know, those topics of the population of nurses, you know, men versus women. I think we're getting more men um, in nursing. I think it's up to like 9% of all nurses are now male. Um, And so that was another article that had um, quite a bit of discussion on it because, you know, some people feel like there is no difference. And it's funny because a lot of times when you write about those subjects, all of a sudden all of the guys start talking. So it's kind of nice <laughs> to bring them into that conversation because they don't always get into that, um, you know, those discussions as much. Um, so just really looking at is there a difference in the, the pay for a man versus a woman, um, by the numbers, it looks like there is, but then there's also a lot of variances that you have to think about. Like men, um, typically, a lot of times they tend to um, further their education and continue on to get, whether it be a bachelor's degree, a master's, a doctorate, go into nurse practitioner, nurse anesthetist. They tend to like to hold those um, higher positions. Um, the other interesting thing is that men don't, often take um, leave from their jobs to Mm -hmm. raise children or care for um, the elderly in families, and women will. And so that kind of sets us back maybe a a few years um, as we, you know, raise children and do those different things and men continue to build on their income. So I don't think that it's necessarily men always make more than women. It's just that there's a lot of variables there that you have to think about. Mm-hmm. That's a whole interesting new set of topics there. Um, <laughs> I, yes. I interviewed three men, um, I think it was last spring, and one of the things that they talked about is that um, the promotion of male nurses is they don't really um, 
all of the promotion for nurses, period, is toward female nurses. And so those things that would maybe bring male nurses in, um, there isn't very much. So um, right. I've, I've kind of forgotten what some of those were, but do you know of some of those, uh, what men um, say would, would be more enticing for them than perhaps what are enticing for nurse, for female nurses? Well, I know that just strictly anecdotally from conversations that I've had and some of the comments um, on different articles, I think that men like the flexibility that nursing gives them. Um, men like the ability to, you know, nurses, we can earn as much money as you want if you're willing to work overtime. A lot of men are comfortable with that. They're comfortable with taking some positions like, um, you know, in the emergency room. They like ICU. They like those um, higher acuity um, type roles. And I think that, you know, often we don't think of men as being as maybe as um, – affectionate or, you know, offering as much care as women do. But I think that's definitely another area that a lot of men enjoy. You know, they like being mm-hmm. a caregiver. And a lot of men have come forward and said, no, I like nursing because I can care for people, um, mm-hmm. which, is, which is interesting. And it's great that there's a place for them. Yeah. One of the things I wonder about, because I'm very involved in personality assessment, and I often wonder if um, it's really the gender that uh, isn't attracting men as much as it is personality. So I can see where some of those uh, high um, uh, energy and uh, uh, liking to have the, the uh, excitement and all of those kinds of things, adrenaline kinds of things, uh, could be really attractive to men or women. Right. But uh, when right. you see things like uh, men in pediatric ICUs, that's a much different kind of energy and much more of the compassionate and nurturing kind of energy right. it takes to be in a place like that. So then I start thinking, you know, more men that perhaps have a feeling preference and it's one place in the world that allows them to be themselves in a place like that. And so I'm often thinking about that. Uh, Is it really uh, gender or is it really more about personality? Yeah, and I I think that's um, a really good observation because, you know, there are a lot of women who like those more adrenaline-type roles as well. And I think, you know, sometimes we have to go away from, you know, it's the, the whole term male nurse. No, they're just nurses. You know, they're just like everybody else. They have, um, they've gone to nursing school. They have the same degree um, that everyone else has. Um, I think you do have to really deal with that person on an individual basis and just know that I mean, some of the best nurses I've ever worked with have been men. Um, it, it just really is that personality and getting to know that person. Um, I think men tend to, they like to, um, you know, think about things and, and break things down into very easy ways of understanding and teaching and learning things. And that is, you know, basic nursing 101. So mm-hmm. I think, again, I've worked with some, some excellent um, nurses who just happen mm-hmm. to also be male. 
I was uh, kind of surprised when you mentioned the um, percentage because 9% still seems really, really small to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to say 20% at one point, and I don't know if that was an actual percentage or <clears throat> just a guesstimation that somebody was making. Um, but... Um, yeah, it may have been including like all healthcare employees or something like that. But I'm thinking, how are men changing nursing as they are entering and being more involved in nursing? Mm-hmm. And I know one area that a lot of people wonder if it is, um, if they could maybe even help in a in a sense is pay. Um, men. Mm-hmm tend to be better negotiators than women, I think, just in general, um, because they're not afraid to ask for what they want. And a lot of times as women, I think we kind of shy away from that. We don't want to say, no, I want this amount of money or I'm not coming to this job. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, wonder if maybe um, men being in our profession, if that will give us a little bit more ability to start negotiating and um you know, making higher mm-hmm. wages. I think it's one of the really challenges within nursing because especially if there's unions involved, many times there's uh, a ladder for nurses based mm-hmm. on your experience. And so uh, negotiating for money is often very, very difficult. You might be able to negotiate for, uh, you know, things like uh, time off. And even that, a lot of times the, the vacation time goes, you know, right in that ladder with your experience level. So what there is to negotiating with is sometimes very difficult um, to do. I suppose the initial thing would be to be able to get credit, more credit for your experience than maybe somebody else is getting credit for. Right, right, yeah. I think getting credit for that, those years of experience and your education, you know, your, your level mm-hmm. of education that you have or any sure. um, special certifications. Mm-hmm. And there do seem to be a lot of those now. More and more people yeah. are not yeah, just working in an area, but they are getting a certification that says that they are expert in that area, which is really good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're coming closer to the end of this session, and one of the things that really struck me, and this goes back to this idea of entrepreneurial or, you know, taking a good look at where am I and am I where where I want to be, and you had a little um, uh, statement or, or uh, it isn't really um, uh, a quote because it isn't attributed to anybody, but it says, your journey in life is not set in stone, you can change direction. And that really caught me because I think so many times people really do feel like, you know, I'm caught, I'm here, there's nothing else I can do, Um, you know, either because of age or family or kids or location or whatever else we, you know, keep ourselves cemented into a position. Tell me about your thoughts about that. Obviously, you like that quote, too, that you put it out there. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times we are um, self-limiting. You know, we think, like you said, I'm a nurse. I have to be at the bedside. I have to do these certain things. And 
you know, I think we have to change the way we think about that and we have to say, I'm a nurse. There are so many things I can do. There are so many opportunities out there. There are things you can do. You can work from home. You can, you know, have your own business. There's so many things and a lot of it is just like we initially started talking about, just aligning your passion and figuring out what it is that sets your soul on fire and where you want to be and, you know, kind of reverse engineer it that you think about, into the future 10 years if all the stars aligned in the perfect um, way for you, where would you be 10 years from now? And then reverse engineer that to set goals. You know, we have to have goals and we have to be working towards them. Otherwise, you can get caught up in just doing the same thing day after day. Mm -hmm. I think that um, especially women, again, we come back to that, uh, we're mm-hmm. so focused, especially, you know, uh, many times we're focused on getting to a family. So you get through the right. initial education, whether that's the ADN or BSN or whatever that initial education is for you. And then you get uh, married and pretty soon the profession is still of interest. But then the family and having children and all that goes along with that and then planning for them, I think, becomes so important that um, we put ourselves off for a long period of time. If you had to say, what is the number one most important thing that you would like to get out to nurses around the world? um, What is that? What is that message you'd like them to know? I think it's, it's, you know, as a nurse, you have so many opportunities and, um, Never feel like you are trapped in a job that you don't like. Never feel like there's, because I've been there, I never feel like, you know, there's, there's nothing else for me to do or I'm just unhappy. Just, there's always something you can do with the education that you have, the knowledge that you have, that you can align um, your, your true passions with your education and, and have a, a career that, that you love. I absolutely agree with you. And sometimes it's just talking to somebody else that maybe sees you a little bit different than you see yourself. So I think that's a good place for us to end here. Thank you so much, uh, Melissa. This has been a wonderful conversation, and I uh, so appreciate you coming on. And I do want to recommend the allnurses.com to anybody who hasn't heard of it before. I kind of came across it by accident, but it was uh, very interesting and really did uh, pique my interest. So, um, thank you. And then one last thing for us, I just wanted to give a shout out. Last week, I did a call out to the Soka Gakkai International toward their 50K Lions of Justice Festival that was coming. Today, I want to say congratulations to every one of the 50 to 60,000 young people from all over the country who made it to one of nine simultaneous festivals across the United States. May the courage and confidence of each of these sincere young people bring our country and our world to an era of hope and respect. That's what it was all about. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. I hope you'll tune in again next week.
Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.